0: So we're gonna get started here. Uh, Once again, thank you for joining us today for the tallow talk Um, at American Grass-Fed Association. We do have an approved product program. The way that works for tallow companies is when they're sourcing AGA certified tallow from an AGA certified producer, um they're able to basically come under our label as an AGA approved product and today we had two of our tallow companies that were able to join us Um, uh, bellow tallow uh, natalie castillo is here from bellow tallow and we also have Brittany Wolverding from ancestral skin who is one of our newer AGA approved tallow companies and um with us today is also carrie Balcom, executive director of the american grass fed association so to get us kicked off today we're just going to start Uh, with a little word from Carrie on the organization um, and then we'll get we'll jump right into things. So Carrie if you want to say a word about AGA before we get started here that would be great.
1: Well thanks Michael and thanks for everybody joining us today. We're very proud of our approved product uh, programs. Um, We are working very hard to find uh, markets for all of our producers and by adding things like tallow, and then um, we have we have also have the hide project where we're getting premiums for hides coming off of uh, AGA approved uh, certified ranches, and we're always looking for a way to uh, to make money for producers and to also with the the tallow and the hides a sense of transparency on where your products are coming from, and our producers work really hard to create good, healthy, clean products uh, with their meat with their tallow, with their hides. And we're always looking for suggestions on other things that we can promote. And uh, we're, we're pleased to have these folks with us. And there's some other folks that have tallow, some of our producers, and they weren't able to join us today. But we do thank you very much for joining us. And I won't belabor this because I saw a lot of people wanted to, had a lot of questions, but we're always here to answer your questions. And we thank you for joining us. I'm gonna let Michael, who's the brainchild of this tallow talk, and uh, we'll let him take it from here. And you're, I'm always here for, for questions. So thank you, Michael.
0: Thank you very much, Carrie. I appreciate that. Um, so with that, we'll jump right in. Um, Natalie, Brittany, if you please would we'll both start by just introducing yourselves, uh, show your name, your, your company, uh, quick snapshot of what you do at your company.
2: Um, well, I'm Natalie Castillo and I make American Graphs Photo Association certified skincare out of suet. Um, I started making that in 2021 after COVID. Um, We were just kind of looking for what else we could do to have clean living. And I couldn't find at the time an AGA certified skincare producer. So I started the company then.
3: And I'm Brittany. Um, I started making tallow in December. We started with our own suet from our cows. And then after learning about the AGA, we started sourcing um, from a local farm, just 15 minutes from us. And it just kind of came about. I didn't want any of our cattle to go to waste. And so I started Googling, what can I do with the suet and found tallow. I had used tallow a couple of times, but it wasn't in my daily routine. And just trying to get less chemicals in our house uh, decided to make lotions, chapsticks, soaps for us, and then it kind of just took off from
1: there.
0: Thank you so much for introducing yourselves. So, tell me a little bit more about how you guys—the whole story about how you found your way into the tallow industry. I mean, what, what was the journey? What inspired you to get to get into this industry? How how did you end up working with tallow to begin with?
2: Um. Well, for me, I started purchasing AGA certified beef from Holy Cow beef in 2017. Um, my daughter was, uh, just, had just been born and um, my husband and I actually saw a documentary on Netflix that was supposed to turn you vegan or vegetarian, but we had been eating paleo for a while and I knew that wasn't the answer. I also have a background in ecology. Uh, so I knew that cattle were very regenerative when raised correctly. So it, it, we really needed to just switch our meat. And so we looked up and found American Grass-Fed and loved that um, they audited the ranches and uh, certified the beef as clean and that they weren't feeding any um, soy or pesticide-ridden grazing or anything like that. So um, we, we switched over to Holy Cow Beef, and then I started doing their social media in 2019, And so through doing their social media, I learned a lot more about the benefits of grass-fed beef. And whenever I was looking for clean skincare in 2021, I was able to find tallow, but I couldn't find any that was certified at the time. I now know that uh, white Oak pastures, of course, is ADA certified. But um, so I decided to start making my own. I just saw a big gap in the market. There wasn't enough transparency, in my opinion, with a lot of the tallow companies as far as not only where their tallow was coming from, but what type of tallow were they using? Were they using suet or trim fat? Um, Once I started experimenting with tallow, I saw the huge difference in those two ingredients. Um, And so I decided to go exclusively with suet. And then I really researched and tried to figure out what was the best essential oils um, that were the purest and also had those high AGA standards. So I really kind of based my whole company off of quality control and um, putting only the best of the best ingredients in my tallow.
0: Thank you, Natalie. And Brittany, if you would share a little bit more about your journey getting started with tallow as well.
3: Yeah, so like I mentioned, we at first used the suet from our cows um, and we didn't finish on conventional grain. We actually repurposed brewer's grain. So still no corn, no soy. Um, And then It was just supposed to be for us. And I had sent some samples to friends and they were like, you have to start making this. I want this. Um, One girl even offered to buy my recipe because she was like, if you're not going to make this, I'm going to make this. This is wonderful. So yeah, then we ran out of ours to it and I started looking and like Natalie said, uh, you know, the audit system with the AGA and all the standards that these farms have to reach to make sure that we're putting... You know, not only the best product on our plate, but also in our skincare line. Um, and so that's how ours kind of came to be. And we've been selling for well, just since December, but I just hit my hundredth sale, which is pretty exciting. Oh, how exciting it is. <laughs> <Yeah. job. laughs>
0: it's it's good to see everyone, everyone growing together. So that's 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 always great to hear. I know I remember. Um, and I hope Natalie tells a story later, but like, um, you know, I've, I've, we've seen our company grow to hit like every state in the United States over the time that we've been working together. And that's, is really exciting. Um, she posted a really heartfelt video when she got her 50th sale in Delaware. Yeah,
2: you were my 50th sale. <laughs> Michael was my, I was like missing Delaware. And I was like, oh my gosh, why can't I get this tiny state to buy a tallow? And I'm like, buy, you know, I was missing like Vermont and Delaware were the last ones I got Vermont. And I was like, oh, I'm just missing Delaware. And then I'm just, you know, you go throughout your day and you get that ding, you know, that you uh, had a sale. So you check and, it was Michael from Delaware, Michael Pan from Delaware, and I just, oh my gosh, I got so emotional. it was it was so funny, but yeah, that was awesome.
0: <laughs> so doing everything we can to support folks. Now,
1: yeah,
0: before we get too ahead of ourselves, just I know some of the members of the audience here might be newer to the tallow space. So talk about you know what is tallow, a brief overview of what it's generally used for, and maybe even some unique uses that you have found over your time working with tallow?
2: I'm gonna let you go first on this one, Brittany.
3: Okay, so tallow is um, from the suet fat, which is around the kidneys of the cows. And when it's rendered down, it's this beautiful, white, pure, shelf-stable fat that is full of minerals and nutrients and it's antimicrobial and antioxidants. Um, And you can take that and add some oils and make a skincare, soaps, um, laundry soap.
0: I've never heard laundry soap before. That's actually, that's actually pretty cool. Um, Natalie, I know you, you also probably have a, a plethora of uses that you found for tallow over the years. Um, if you want yes,
2: to a- Yeah. So like, like she was saying, you can mix it with different oils and when I started out, I thought, oh, I'm just going to have like one oil. It's going to be very simple, straightforward. And then I'm like experimenting with argon and jojoba and sweet almond and even arnica for like a muscle rub. And, and so I really complicated things for myself with, you know, <laughs> keeping ingredient inventory, but i found that mixing it with different things really changes the consistency or even like how much of that you're adding. I'm going to add more base oil of Arnica to the sore way to make it really fluffy and like a massage cream. Um, And then if you mix it with beeswax, then you have a stick that's more heat tolerant. So your your lip balms, um, I can mix zinc oxide, non-nano zinc oxide in with it, along with those essential oils and the beeswax and create sunscreen sticks that are really easy to apply, um, similar to a chapstick really with zinc in it. Um, And then deodorants is a new product that I've started making this year that was probably the hardest product that I've made, but uh, tallow makes an amazing deodorant. And even if it's not in the stick form, I have several customers that use time machine, uh, which is an argon jojoba, very restorative blend. They'll use that as a deodorant or just any tallow really in a pinch. Um, because it, like you were saying, it is antimicrobial antifungal um, so so many great uses I love to use just pure tallow as almost a neosporin. I'm not allowed to say that tallow heals you but um, I've seen some amazing pictures and even you know within my own family when we get you know cuts or burns it just it's crazy how fast it's amazing and that's it sells itself and um, you know you just are always giving samples away and extra things I feel like in our boxes to uh, let people try it because once they try it, they always come back. So.
0: Natalie, are you still doing, I remember you had a product, I think like last year, I remember seeing it that was called bugs be gone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of my first, uh, zinc stick sunscreen type. I'm not allowed to say sunscreen either. Um, (laughs) But uh, my first zinc sticks was bug repelling. So, you know, we were already outside. So I added, you know, lemongrass and citronella and cedar wood. And there's a lot of other oils you can use as well that are bug repelling. But I really, I focused on those, Um, but it smells amazing. It has the zinc in it. So you can use it when you're outside. And that beeswax also helps with the tallow to kind of create like a coating on the skin, which is great. For like wind, even my skin is really sensitive. I'm I'm wearing a sun shirt today because I've been out riding. Um, but I like to use my beeswax zinc sticks uh, before I ride because it just really kind of gives you almost a shield on your face and protects your skin from the elements.
0: See, and that's such a, I feel like that's such like a rough contrast, especially when you think when you think of a, a bug repellent that you may have used in the past, right? Like spraying mm-hmm. a can of off that's just full of chemicals, right? Like directly on your skin versus taking something with essential oils and being able to spread that on your skin and and have the same effect at the end of the day. Um, Yeah,
2: and then your skin is nice at the end of the day.
0: (laughs) They're absorbing a bunch of chemicals, right? Um, So with people getting more interested in natural skincare, what is Tala's role and effectiveness as a skincare product? Do
1: you wanna go, Britt? Um, Sure. Wait, sorry, what was
3: it? What is tallow's role in an effective skincare product?
0: Yeah, tallow's role and effectiveness. Um, you know, how, how you see it, um, the role of tallow in, in natural skincare, and as well as how it, it, it's effective. It's effective. Right.
3: Yeah. So, tallow is um, very close to our own sebum. So, our uh, skin absorbs it nicely, it doesn't clog your pores. So being identical to our skin helps to build moisture, keep your moisture in. Um, sorry, I'm still mouth. a little nervous. <laughs> no,
2: it's okay. You're doing great. Yeah, I agree. Like it, it is so similar to our skin. Like she said, it's the same amino acid complex and uh, cellular structure as our own skin. So it's able to be absorbed. And all the great thing is all those nutrients are bioavailable to us. So we're able to soak them in um, you know, soak it in uh because it it really is compatible and it's far superior to petroleum products, which even if they're adding in vitamin E or in vitamin A retinol and they're adding all of these things into a product, if it's petroleum based, those are not bioavailable to you. If it's coconut oil based, it is not bioavailable to you because the molecules are too large and it's gonna sit on top of the skin. Um, so it's important to to use tallow for skincare, which was the original skincare anyway, um, not petroleum-based products because it's just better for your skin. And you know, when you hear a lot about retinol, well, tallow actually has a ton of vitamin A in it. And so it's a natural retinol. So people, um, I'm 36 and I'm in the sun all the time. And that was one thing that I knew. I I was getting to where I was getting the wrinkles and my arms were getting really crepey. and other equestrians that I know that are older that have been out in the elements a lot, or just people that work outside. I love being outside, but I also am a little vain, right? I'm a woman. I want to stay youthful and glowy. And, but I also didn't want to do Botox for me. That wasn't an option. And I didn't want to put things on my skin that burned or tingled or, um, had chemicals in them, which most of the anti-aging products for women do, and so I, there were some clean, like, I love crunchy makeup, but their skincare line was so expensive, it was too expensive to use on my whole body, so I wanted a product that I could use on my whole body, and that's actually how I found tallow, was looking for something that I could use everywhere.
0: And I, and I'm sure you guys have many stories that speak to the effectiveness, right, of, of your products that you've seen from your consumers that have used them over a certain amount of time. And I've just seen like really great results and I'm sure they've come to you and expressed that. Do you mind sharing yeah. those stories either of you?
2: Um, I have some customers with uh, their children or themselves have well, the eczema or rosacea or just a lot of irritation. Um, even the, after COVID, a lot of women are getting the dryness on the sides of their face here um, and redness. Uh, men that shave and can use it after shaving for razor burn. Um, my husband would get the, the dry patches down here after shaving. He as a really thick beard like you, Michael. So when he shaves, you get like terrible razor burn and then all the dryness and um, yeah, diaper cream. It's, I feel like a snake oil salesman. I don't know if you do Brittany, but when yeah. you're selling it, it's like, it's good for this and it's good for this. And it's, it's like, whatever your skin is having an issue with, I put it on my horse. I put it on the sides of his mouth for the bit. I put it on his eyes to clean his eyes off so that you're not using like a, a rag and like white, or even a, you have to get it pretty wet to, you know, eye boogers and stuff, or, you know, your nose gets too dry in the wintertime from the heater. And you know, it's crazy it's everything.
3: (laughs) Yep. Same. We put it on our dog's noses too, Mm -hmm. when they get dry in the winter. Um, But yeah, I've had customers who, you know, buy their normal moisturizers at a high-end medical spa and tried the tallow and they said they will never go back to, you know, what they used to use before because the improvements in their skin just after, you know, two weeks of using it was, already visible, let alone now using it after a couple months. People with, I had one girl, she had a rash actually, and she uh, had an appointment with the dermatologist and she had been using it for, I think about four weeks. And she ended up canceling her dermatologist appointment because the rash was gone and her face was, you know, normal and wasn't broken out like it was before. Yeah. And just like
2: a, sorry, just to comment on the rashes. If I do always tell my customers that if they're getting rashes and things like that, that's their skin telling them that something is wrong on the inside. And so a lot of times I'll recommend them to go seek out a functional health practitioner or eating a clean, whole foods-based diet for a while, or eliminating things like dye and soy um, and corn pro- corn products in their foods for a while, just to see like, okay, if you take it out for a month and then you add it back in for a couple of days, do you still have the rash, you know? Because yes, the tallow is going to help your symptoms, but there's something going on on the inside causing
3: it. Mm-hmm. Or even other exterior, you know, your laundry soap that your yeah, face is on on yeah, your pillow
2: the babies and the laundry soap. I'm like, what are you, mm. oh, we're using or even all, or, you know, Tide. for, you know, this, that. And it's like, okay, but it, maybe it's missing some of these phthalate free or whatever they're mm. writing that it's free of, but what are the actual ingredients?
0: Right. So you guys have talked about a lot of the uses um, and it's clear to see some of the benefits of it, but just, and I know you guys said, sometimes you feel like snake oil salesman because it does like so much, but what, what are a high level overview? What are the key benefits of tallow? Like, not just skincare, but just in general, like, why should everyone be using tallow?
2: I would say uh, that it is, it's getting back to our roots, really. I mean, it's what our ancestors used, and it really is what the Romans wrote about it, the Egyptians put it in the tombs, and um, it is what is best for us at the end of the day and petroleum based products are bad for our skin. They're bad for the environment. Um, and also you're supporting small businesses. I think it's so cool whenever I send in my quarterly check to y'all, because it's like, it's not a ton, you know, but it's like, I'm helping support a movement. Like my customers are paying for my products and their dollars are going to, into the hands of ranchers. I have three ranchers on board right now that send me, that are AGA certified, sending me beef fat. I'm about to have a fourth when we move to North Carolina. I mean, I'm paying them. Like they are my raw ingredient. And I love being able to support that. I, I went to school for uh, renewable natural resources. So I have a minors in forestry and rangeland ecology. And I didn't really necessarily want to get into ranching. Um, that wasn't for me. And uh, but I loved the rest- restoration side of it. And I was an environmental scientist for a while. And now I can kind of give back to that in a different way. And um, sorry, I kind of got on a little rant. But that's, you know, we're putting the dollar, you're voting with your dollar as a consumer. And if you're giving your dollar to Juergens or uh, Neutrogena or any of those other companies, they don't care about their ingredients. I'm sorry, they don't. They're owned by huge corporations. At the end of the day, they care about how cheap can we get the raw product into a container and on the shelves and what, how can we maximize profit and how can we sell you more of it? So it's water-based um, you know, tile, I tell people it's concentrated skincare. You're gonna, yes, it's a four ounce jar versus a 16 ounce jug uh, full of water, but this is gonna last you longer.
3: Yeah, and just being you know sustainable to where it's not these lab created uh, ingredients going into your skincare.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's important to be taking care of our skin. Important to have purity. Um, so you talked briefly about the history there. You were saying that the Romans had tallow in the tombs, and um, this is actually one of the questions I'm most excited about today you guys seemed excited to talk about it and that's the history of tallow uh you both mentioned that this was important to you so do you guys want to run us through that and uh, explain the history of tallow do
2: you, you want to start natalie yeah okay yeah i'll start um so the first recordings that i could find of tallow and i started doing research about it was the romans were using it for skincare, and that's actually how they discovered soap is they had their tallow and they they were like butchering. Uh, and cooking and this tallow mixed with the, the the ashes from the fire and so that's they noticed it bubbled and that was like the first you know mentions of soap uh, i know that the egyptians had it in their tomb along with like beeswax actually it was highly regarded it would be like a gift to the kings um and then of course You know, Native Americans were using it, but also note that there are different types of tallow. It's not just beef tallow. There's mutton tallow. Sheep tallow is extremely popular in Australia. Um, And even there was bison tallow. Deer tallow in Germany is used in muscle rubs. Um, So that was like really encouraging whenever I started making soroway for mussels Um, and I am still trying to get some if there's ever an AGA certified like deer operation Michael you have to let me know because I do want some uh clean deer suet because I want to try although my dad is like if you have grass finished deer you're going to hardly have any suet on that deer because it's going to be so tiny but I'm like I don't care I want it Um, And then, so the, we were using tallow for basically ever and ever, right? Our great grandmothers were rendering this stuff, great, great grandmothers. But then um, at the turn, after the war, you had these petroleum-based companies that were popping up, you know, the industrial revolution, basically after the, not industrial revolution, but after the war, they were using these big factories, just like they started using them to use processed foods and get processed foods into the kitchens they were also doing it with petroleum byproducts so they were using petroleum products to create skincare and it's way easier it's faster it's cheaper you can make a ton of it for like no money because it's i mean who wants this stuff and tallow is hard to work with it makes a mess it's hard to get consistency Um, it's expensive it's super time consuming So yes, it fell out of favor very quickly. Um, And then the pretty shiny bottles of lotion replaced it.
3: Yeah, I was actually just reading on dial soap and they started as a tallow soap. They were next to, I think it was armor meat packing. And so they took, yeah, so they were taking the tallow and that's how dial soap was started. It was all tallow based.
0: And so, you know, Dial we think of today—it's it's like a larger soap company that's using chemicals. So obviously, they had humble roots and tallow. Um, we see a lot of people using like tough chemicals on their skin with um, today's skincare. What do you guys think about that? Why are folks doing it? Um, and how can we be, you know, fighting that and champion the benefits of natural skincare as opposed to this chemical chemical based skincare?
3: I think a lot of it is just convenience. And that's on the shelf at the grocery store. You know, when you stop, like last year, we were going camping and we had forgotten bug spray. We stopped at the local grocery store and found the chemicals, you know? Um, And it's also what we're kind of um, conditioned to use. My parents use bug spray, my grandparents use bug spray, you know, with any chemical in the house. you know, mom uses Neutrogena or used to, she uses Tallow now, obviously, but it was like when I started using skincare as a teenager, here's your orange bottle of chemical soap. And this is the best for your face. Yeah, If it burns, um, it's working, right. The oxy, right? <laughs> oxy pads like, oh, yeah. like,
2: okay, it's working.
3: <laughs> so convenience. And that was just what was taught to us. I mean, I, if I wasn't in a place where I was butchering my own cows, I probably wouldn't have done a deep dive for months on beef fat, you know, and looking into all the benefits and usage. And I think that unless you have a conversation with somebody or it comes across your Instagram, most people aren't just going to Google, can I put beef fat on my face? You know, so I think education is a lot of it. And um, so I'm a flight attendant and I get to work with new crews every week and of course I'm like so I have this weird little side project (laughs) it's be fat for your face and I get to tell them and I would say nine out of ten times they've never heard of it they think it's weird and then I get into you know the benefits and it's sustainable and everything and they're like do you have a website Do you have any samples, which I should start taking samples, but
2: yeah, you know, it is one ounce, one ounce sample cups. (laughs) I love your samples.
3: So I think a lot of it is just educating people.
2: I agree. I think it's just education and, um, you know, it is voting with your dollar. If you go into a store, especially if it's a natural local based grocery store and you don't see towel on the shelf say, Hey, like, I would love to carry this tallow brand or a tallow brand and uh, just ask for it because that's how wholesale partnerships start out um i had so many customers in lubbock asking like when is there going to be a local place to buy tallow here like we need a local place and so I started uh, pursuing a partnership with Veritas and so now Veritas carries my tallow at the Merck and um, then it was a, a place, a little bitty place called health to you in Seminole it's a tiny town but I have customers there that use my product and have it shipped to them so they go to their local health food store and they are asking for it or they're mentioning it on Instagram it was actually just an Instagram story of Uh, help to you you have to carry bellow tallow and it's like you know now I have a door it's like okay one of your customers wants this so now that's a new wholesale partnership so it's asking your local places requesting it politely and they're there to bring things on the shelves that you want so if you ask for it they will give it to you
0: so sustainability huge topic these days right Um, yeah really aligns with that I feel like and especially the AGA certified tallow that you guys are using in your products. Can you talk about why tallow and particularly AGA certified tallow is so aligned with the sustainability that we're searching for in using natural products?
2: Um, I would say that it's aligned with sustainability because these cows are regeneratively raised. And that's why I really sought out the AGA certification is because that takes away any question in my mind of where did this cow come from? I don't have to explain. And I do, of course, to have a lot of transparency of where it comes from. But my customers can see that logo and know that those cows are not grain finished. They are not fed uh, industrial process, corn, corn or soy grains. Um, and yeah, and I love that y'all audit the ranches once a year and you can really see what's going on. I've had the the opportunity to go to Holy Cow Beef's operation and see how they operate and, um, just seeing how not only they treat their land because their land, and it's something we learned about in rangeland ecology also is you're not a cattle cattle rancher, you're a grass farmer, um, because you really are just farming grass, like you're creating the best forage and the best habitat for an animal to live in. And by doing that, you're creating habitat for other animals as well. Um, And you're helping with the water cycle and you're cycling nutrients and organic matter back into the soil.
3: Yeah, um, just echoing, you know, what you say we actually just started more of a rotational grazing. We don't have much property, but with our cows and we're already seeing the improvements just, you know, in the last four months of moving them from pasture to pasture and what it's done for our soil and how much healthier our cows are. Um, We're already getting into fly season and it is almost non-existent from what it was last year. So our animals are benefiting, our land is benefiting, which Will only you know turn around and benefit the animals again?
0: Thank you guys for your thoughts on that. Um, so, and feel free. So, first of all, can you guys talk a little bit about your experience as an AGA approved tallow producer? Um, why did you get into that? What what comes with that with that approval, and what you know, how has it benefited you?
2: Um, I would say it's benefited me um, y'all have been so helpful to my company and helping market my company and just spread the word about, Oh, like for somebody who's already interested in AGA beef, and then they see that there's an AGA tallow. It's like, I'm only buying the best of the best beef. So why would I settle for less for my skincare? Because that's why I created bellow tallow is because nobody could tell me how their cows were finished that were doing tallow at the time. I mean, there are companies out there if you search, but I was looking for local and um, anyway. So yeah, you get to you get to be spotlighted as a producer, not a producer, but a, a company that's AGA certified. And then also I love being able to educate people about American Grass-Fed Association certified beef as well and the benefits of that. Um, I hope I've opened the doors to some new customers to hopefully not just holy cow beef here where I am locally, but also the other ranches or ranches that I don't even know about that are AGA certified for other customers and looking for clean raised proteins that they can seek that out.
1: Yeah,
3: we are very new to our approval. So it's been what, six weeks since we've become a, a approved product and just being able to say that this is where fat comes from brings a sense of confidence to the customer that they are getting um, the best of the best. I have seen telemakers on Instagram, you know, saying that they're grass-fed and finished suet that came from the local butcher for a dollar a pound. I'm like that really a trusted (laughs) source. So to be able to have the label and explain to people what that label means or logo, what the logo means and um, just the whole process of what the farms have to do to get the AGA certification. And then that supreme product is in our tallow. Um, It's just, you know, with all the greenwashing with labels, this is, this is what it is. We offer this clean, grass-fed, grass-finished, AGA-approved or certified beef fat. And I think that a lot of people like knowing right up front, this is what they're getting. No, oh yeah, it's grass-fed and grass-finished. Anyone could sell you grass-fed and grass-finished beef fat, you know? So I think that just uh, gives the customers confidence in what they're buying.
0: And among the benefits they've discussed, um, all of our AGI approved products are listed on our website. Um, You also get the opportunity, I'm actually working on Brittany's uh, producer profile right now, which is a long video that we do with folks so they can kind of lift up and tell their story um, and you can learn some more about them. And uh, we share that with our entire network of consumers around the country. So um, a lot of things to benefit the companies that are willing to work with us, that that are doing products that are in line with our standards. Um, one last question for you guys today before I open it up to the public to ask any questions that they might have is what what would be your call to action for our audience today, whether they're they're consumers of tallow, uh, potentially pre- people thinking about getting an AGA approval for their tallow company, um, or someone that's just curious about this whole. T- this whole tallow world, um, how can they contribute to promoting and supporting sustainable natural skincare and AGA certified tallow production in their own ways?
2: Wow, that's a really loaded question, Michael. Um, I would say <laughs> like fifteen questions in one. I um, so I would say that uh, let's see to get tallow in the hands of more customers. I really think it's about social media right now. Social media is where it's at. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm lacking in my ability or my time uh, to focus and educate more on my post. Uh, that's a goal of mine, uh, educate on the benefits of tallow and sh- tell people about it. I mean, my so many of my customers will write me a note in the box and say, so-and-so gave me some to try and I'm hooked. Or we went to the beach and my kids got sunburned and I put tallow on my kids and my sister did aloe gel and her kids peeled and hurt and my kids were tan the next morning. And um, so tell people about it, share on social media, it costs $0 to share posts, to share AGA certified posts, to go to the sustainable dish and share her stuff. Um, Just kind of getting into that that kind of network of people that are interested in clean living and then kind of sharing that information with other people is a really great kind of non-confrontational way to educate some people that might be following along and seeing like, oh, like she's interested in like clean living too. And like, it's really about a lifestyle. It might start with tallow for people, but I really try to help guide people. Um, It's not just about what you're putting on your skin, although that's super important, but it's about those environmental toxins too that Brittany mentioned, the laundry detergent, the Glade plugins in your home, the, you know, just where even stop wearing shoes in your house. I mean, it's just little bitty things that you can do. As far as if you're interested in becoming an AGA certified producer, I would say, look at your, look at it and think like can we afford to do this I feel like those fees are really fair as you know a licensing if you're with a company like AGA you're going to pay a licensing fee I've done licensing fees with another organization when I started out my business and I didn't feel like they were helpful to me at all Um, So I actually quit, you know, kind of broke off from working with them. Um, But y'all have just been so helpful and supportive. And I see y'all supporting the new producers that you bring on as well. And I think that that's wonderful. It does feel like a community, like there's no competition. It's we all have the same mission. And it's that carries through through not only the skincare side of it, but also your ranchers. Um, we are all trying to provide clean products to people, whether that be food or skincare or dog food. I mean, I think that's so cool, right? The dog treats um, and the hides. I mean, it's, it's really kind of like looking at your purchases and voting with your dollar and saying the things we bring into our home, we're going to make an effort to make them, um, you know, a good quality product that is going to last. We're not, you know, not going to be wasteful and things like that. So, um, so yeah.
3: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, even a simple, my big switch or my first switch, i say, was stopping Clorox wipes and using vinegar that I had just infused for six weeks in my cabinet with orange peels from the orange I ate for lunch. Um, Little changes like that. And like Natalie said, voting with your dollars. And if you can't, posting on Instagram, sharing your local or maybe not local, your favorite Tallow or whatever company you support, it takes seconds to share something and your share, who might be out of our reach of who follows us, could bring in one, two, three customers or they share it. And now we're getting the word out about Tallow to way more people inside of our reach, which like Natalie said, I have to work on my social media because I've always just shared silly little things on our farm and the business tallow page is very new for me. Um, Actually anything online, this is only my second Zoom call ever. (laughs) so. um, But yeah, just sharing, voting with your dollars.
2: And Thank buying you. our tallow, buying our tallow too, that always helps. <laughs> <Yes>. speaking,
0: of, <laughs> speaking of that, where can people go to learn more? I put some links in the chat, but if you guys want to talk about your socials, your websites, um, please feel free to plug yourselves at this point in time.
2: Okay, all my stuff is Tallow. Uh, so bellow underscore tallow, that's my uh, Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. My website's BelloTallo.com. Um pretty easy to find fellow tallow. It's B E L L O as in beautiful or handsome in Italian and then tallow as in tallow.
3: And ours is ancestralskincare.co, both for the website and for our Instagram. I will say we are leaving. If anybody wants to try our tallow, we're leaving on vacation. So give me grace if I don't get it shipped in a timely manner. We will be yeah. back June third.
2: Don't worry about it, girl. They'll, they'll wait for the good <laughs>
3: stuff. I know. That's like my toxic trait is thinking as soon as that ding comes in, I have to I run know. to the post office.
2: I know. We love to be Amazon too. We're very good. We have great customer service. The small companies, we have really good customer service. And if something arrives to y'all and it's not perfect, you have to let us know because yes. I had somebody receive melted tallow the other day and she felt bad telling me because I sent her more. And I was like, no, I wanna know if something's melting, if it's not arriving right, if it's like, if the packaging is wet, I don't know why it'd be wet, but I mean, if it's not perfect when you get it, you gotta let your companies know so we can fix it and make it right.
3: Yeah, totally.
0: Thank you guys very much for um, getting on today. Um, I just wanna open it up to anyone in the audience if there's any questions um, coming in here. Okay, it looks like Jamie Scugin from White Oak Pastures has a question. She says, "Um, I personally have been working with tallow for the better part of 10 years. Has anyone made a tallow-based shampoo that won't leave your hair greasy? We have a body wash, foaming soap, but we've struggled with shampoo. Also, I've been struggling with the texture of deodorant. Any, Any suggestions on that would be helpful as well. Uh, throughout the year we offer tallow workshops for consumers. Is there a tallow workshop for producers to hone in their craft?
2: Yes, um, so I have um, gotten to know some other tallow makers that are not AGA certified but are very transparent about their ingredients and their process and they um they help share advice with me as well. So I'm, I love being able to have that network. I would love if we did like a tallow workshop, um, somewhere. And as producers could all get together and meet each other and kind of share secrets. Cause that's one thing about making tallow is, um, we're all kind of our own apprentices trying to learn this ancient technique, right. And trying to modernize it and it's tough. So Um, I do make a shampoo bar I actually call it the shampoo shave shower bar because you can use it on your hair it gets really foamy so you use it on your face and um, to shave well not me obviously but my husband uses it to shave with and then I use it like legs and I put it in my kids shower so they can just use it so uh, to the trick I think with the shampoo shave shower bars is adding enough coconut oil in your mixture. Mine is a tallow with coconut oil, castor oil, and olive oil. Castor oil is a very heavy oil, but you add that into the shampoo shave shower bar. It's not in any of my other soaps, but it makes it more moisturizing. So it's your hair's not going to be like straw. Um, And I would say sometimes you do have to use it twice when you use it. hair sometimes has to go through an adjustment period if you're not used to using a clean shampoo there's like a detox process you can do um but if sometimes yeah there i've made some really greasy tallow shampoo shave shower bars so i know what he's talking about um and then uh the deodorant texture um so i'm not sure what you're using in your deodorant the trick is when you're pouring the deodorant it's really a pain because it can't be too hot your temperature needs to be so that you have like a light pudding consistency so that your dry ingredients are not settling. Um, you also, if you use an immersion blender in your deodorant as well, it will help to, um, break up those ingredients. Uh, I have the added struggle of using, I put magnesium chloride flakes in my deodorant as well, and that does not like to, Dissolve in tallow. And I will say that you should not be making magnesium oil and putting it in a tallow product because you're adding water to tallow and your product will grow. Uh, bacteria in it after a period of time. So I've seen a lot of companies doing this and j- don't do that. Don't add tallow to water ever. Um, so you have, if you're adding magnesium to tallow, you have to do it with the dry um, magnesium flakes and you have to grind that first for quite a while and then you have to let it sit in the tallow and uh, you know, mix it pretty often. Deodorant's really tricky with tallow, I'm not going to lie. Um, but keep the coconut oil out of it because coconut oil is going to sit on top of the skin, like I said earlier, um, and it will stain all of your clothes. So a tallow deodorant without coconut oil, really good. But um, yes, if you want to message me and ask me some questions personally about what you're doing, I will be happy to answer
3: questions. Wait,
0: or Brittany, anything to
3: add there? Uh... I do not make shampoo bars. I did make a goat milk one just before. Um, so, and I don't make deodorant yet. It's on the list, yeah. the never yeah. ending list.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. a really beautiful opportunity for collaboration. I, it would be really cool to see you guys all connect and share knowledge and improve each other's businesses through that, so hopefully.
3: Yeah, if know. anybody wants to reach out to me too, I am an open book. Um, I lost a friend over making tallow because she made it once and sold it and I will help with problems there's another tallow maker I helped her troubleshoot an issue that she was having and I shared recipes with her uh, what works for me what doesn't work what I do I am an open book if anybody has any questions also
0: awesome awesome um, next question, and I might know this from reading uh, some jars of tallow in the past, which is, um, does tallow ever go bad? They have a jar that is a couple years old. Now I have read that if you open it and put your fingers in it, then it might not last as long, um, and then like had it there for years, but I, I'm going to let the tallow maker speak to this instead of myself.
2: So I actually am going to do um, some laboratory testing on my tallow I'm really excited about it's a little some of the tests are kind of expensive, especially the shelf life test Um, but the. The standard that I've seen everybody write for liability purposes on their jars is eight months. I feel like that's pretty industrial industry industry standard. Um I would say that I use my tallow on my horse and it gets disgusting. I purposely take it to the barn and leave it in his brush box so it's got dirt and hair. Um, it's been out there for over a year and I can't seem to grow anything in it. I can't adjust the smell. I do use amber jars for my tallow. So they are not, they don't get sensitive to light, a very old tallow that has been through temperature changes. Uh, you're going to lose some of the smell from the essential oils, but the tallow should actually be fine. Um, I would. You know, just proceed with caution. I probably wouldn't put it on my face or my baby or something, but I have tried to spoil it and I haven't been able to yet, but I am going to do some lab testing on my tallow because I want to know some data. Um, so I can say with you know confidence that my tallow has this, this, and this. But yeah, I don't think it goes bad. And you can put it in the freezer if you want to preserve the essential oils. You could preserve it for years, like decades, really.
3: Yeah, I've done the same thing. I have a jar that I just left open, you know, to collect whatever dust is flying around. I've d- done splashes of water in it to see if that would grow mold. And it's been six months and it's still perfectly fine so far. So it is
2: antibacterial say, and antifungal. Um, so it does keep things from growing. So I would yeah. love to do some more testing on it. I really, um, if there's anyone, a master's student, wanting to do uh, a thesis, uh, I would love for you to use my tallow to do a report. I'll send you stuff. Maybe we could collect tallow from a different ra- different ranches across the country even and compare uh, nutrient levels and uh, amino acid complexes.
3: That would be interesting. Yes.
0: Let's do this.
3: Somebody. <laughs> Somebody fund this.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So When you guys get the tallow in, is it is it rendered or unrendered? Is it rendered or unrendered? And what is your rendering process?
3: So it is raw, it's in its raw form. It is not rendered. Um, My rendering process, which I know is different than Natalie's, I dry render. Um, I don't like the idea of putting water into it. Um, I did do a batch that ended up as my cooking tallow. Uh, I just felt the texture was different. So I myself try to keep it as pure as possible. Um, I do have jars that I've bought from I have Natalie samples, but I have other jars that I bought from makers who do wet render and it's beautiful and lovely, but I just choose to dry render.
2: Yeah, I think everybody has their own preference on like how they like to render, whether they dry render or wet render. I prefer to wet render and um, because my my fat comes either pelleted. I really prefer if I can get it pelleted because it it renders a lot easier um, and kind of faster at a lower temperature. Um, it's just less mess and I don't have to cut it up. But recently I've been actually since before Easter, because I was like, this is almost like lint, almost a penance getting hundreds of pounds of suet to hand cut. And um, because I get it frozen in chunks and then I have to like cut it and trim it all, but It's really nice when it comes all clean and like pelleted for me. And I do a saltwater render. I like to render mine four times actually. And because the first time I render it, the water is very cloudy and gray. You scrape off the bits of meat and stuff, and then you do it again. and And after the fourth time, the water is clear. I used to just do it three times. Most people don't do it as many times as I do, but I like my water to be clear. Um, and then there's like hardly any beefy smell at all that I'm having to, I don't have to cover up any smells or anything like that with essential oils. Um, you have to be really careful with essential oils that you're not using too much. Um, some people don't use essential oils at all. I respect that, but I feel that essential oils can be used safely. Um, if you're following the proper dilution ratios for your audience, for me, I make everything that's safe for if it's, has an essential oil it's going to be safe for children six months and older you should never use essential oils on infants by the way and so if you are it's confusing because there's a lot of baby products with essential oils in them but please do not use essential oils on infants sorry that was not one of your questions
3: but (laughs) (laughs) now they know
0: so um resources you would recommend for folks that are just getting started making tallow products other than it being an open line of communication with you guys and that is probably the most valuable resource that you can offer uh, but anything else with that
3: i would just say google and look you know read blogs of people who have done it um and their process and compare that to you know another blog's process and just kind of get educated in that and then just start playing with it and find what rendering process you like. I played with um, different amounts of oil to tallow for weeks before I was happy. And now I just have jars, quart-sized jars of tallow in my bathroom that I probably should do something with, but just play with it and see what you like and what process works for you.
0: So um, the difference between, I think you guys are calling it trim fat or outer fat versus the, the suet.
2: Yeah. So suet and trim fat are totally different types of fat. It's very interesting. So when you render both down, trim fat is the fat that is you see on your steak or your roast. Suet is the fat you're not seeing on your plate. It is, um, when I get it, it's a lot of times it's almost a golden color, especially if it's coming from holy cow beef cows or the Texas cows that are on more... Protein dense feeds and less of it. Um, it's very hard, almost like a cheese. Uh, it's super difficult to cut up, um, but it's more nutrient dense. And they actually discovered that suet has is more nutrient dense and contains CLA, conjugated linoleic acid, I believe. I Could be saying that really wrong. I'm sorry, but the CLA is a higher concentration and they didn't even know what CLA was really until they were doing uh, cancer research and discovered it in the tallow of cows and discovered that grass-fed cows have more of it. Um, and there's more of it in the suet than in the trim fat. Um, anyway, so more nutrient dense, less greasy. So if I render uh, trim fat and I render suet fat, The trim fat, you'll be able to put your whole hand through it at room temperature, um, almost like room temperature butter, even greasier than that, like bacon grease, almost like a lard, very soft, whereas the suet is going to be so hard, like pressing down, like you'll barely make an indention with your thumb. It's a very hard, uh, dense material. It's a lot less greasy. And so I decided to use that exclusively in my products. Sometimes if I do get trim fat, I'll use it in a candle. Um, but, or I used to make soap, but I don't even use it in my soap anymore. I just, I don't even hardly get trim fat, to be honest, because it's so much work to render it. If I'm going to render it, um, it might as well be the good stuff, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, it's good to put in candles, um, and things like that. And I think it's good to cook with to trim fat. Yeah.
0: We talked a little bit on rendering earlier, uh, wet versus dry, um, slow cooker or stovetop. I have a question. About.
2: Mm, you can do both. So I used to do slow cooker whenever I started out. And if you're just doing at home, I would recommend just going with the slow cooker. If you cut it up, um, after you cut up your tallow, if you're not getting it ground, take an immersion blender and put it in your slow cooker or your pot and just grind up the rest of it. If you don't cut your tallow up small enough, your immersion blender is going to get strings of gristle and you know t- tendon and thing, all, not tendon, but the that layer I don't know what that I really want to talk to a butcher too I want to go see a butcher and I want to be like opening you know I want to what is this and what is this so anyway um but it'll get all wrapped up in your immersion blender then you have to cut it all out and do it some more um but then you can strain it and whenever you're doing it be sure you're buying organic cheesecloth to strain your tallow through you don't want to be running and that's another thing too it's like somebody's and I I, I have pretty good faith that a lot of tallow makers are doing things really clean, but um, just some things to pay attention to. What are you, Whatever your tallow is touching, it could be potentially contaminating it. So don't put your tallow in plastic bowls. Use metal, stainless steel. Um, use organic cheesecloth. You don't want to be putting it in plastic because heating plastic can release um, phthalates and things into the tallow. Um, so, yeah. What was the other question? Oh, a stovetop, you can do it on the stovetop too. Um, just really low heat.
0: All oh, right. Um, Someone asks, they keep running into, a, into an issue. Uh, they have an amazing supplier of grass-fed beef suet but are having the hardest time finding another local supplier. They keep running into the farmers stating that their processors just can't get or do not know how to get the suet separately. That either if you run into this issue and do you use non-local beef suet um, she's thinking that's what she may have to do i also have another question came in related to that just now so let me read that one off as well which is what does a processor have to do to harvest the tallow right now most processors just throw all the byproducts into a landfill do they need specific tools
2: um, I just want to go over some instruction and I'm going to let Brittany talk more about like the, the process of getting it off the cow because she's going to know that. I'm going to say as a tallow maker, it is really difficult. It My my producers have a hard time sometimes getting their butchers to either collect the suet, sometimes we'll run cows through and, and they won't get any suet back, especially in the summertime. If the suet, um, there's not very much, I'll say that on grass grass finished cattle you don't get as much suet as grain finished um i know holy cow beef sometimes their suet is only two pounds per cow it's tiny and um, because they're so lean in the summer they're you know it's hard on them to heat um so it is super rich though it's like golden oh. and, and it's really good stuff but yeah it's yeah, a challenge it's and then it's a challenge for them to uh, package it correctly please do not wrap it tell them please uh, uh Vacuum seal it. Don't wrap it in butcher paper because you will get mold in the folds of the tallow. It needs to be cut up and uh, vacuum sealed so that there's no air inside of there. If they're just putting the whole piece of suet in a bag and even vacuum sealing that, if there's air around it, it'll spoil. I feel it's best to pellet it if possible. Um, But yeah, maybe just talking to the processors
3: and letting them know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is... Maybe have a conversation with the processor to have them set it aside. Um, And that's what we did when the butcher came to our house. Um, But no, the process of retrieving it is very easy. Once they open up the cow, um, it's attached to the kidneys, and they actually let it cool or else it will just start dissolving when they pull it away. So they um, did the whole butchering process and then separated it so that it would stay intact. Um, but no, it's a very easy process for them. I mean, I watched, it looked easy. It was just separating you know, this hunk of fat from um, the inside of the
1: cow.
0: And Brittany, I uh, just wanna add Brittany, Brittany Jewel from the chat, sorry, Brittany. Um, they, uh, if you are looking for somebody that's either local or non-local to you that has good quality uh, beef fat, good quality tallow, um, we have a list of folks that are supplying tallow within our network of AGA certified producers. We would be happy to connect you with them, and that goes for anybody that's looking to uh, connect with somebody who can get them more suet um, or su- so. Uh, just please send me an email. It's Michael at AmericanGrassfed.org. Um, I'd be happy to put you in touch with some folks that we have at our fingertips. Um, so next is, and this is this is definitely more geared towards you guys and. Um, how you want to take this. So Amelia Cronin from um, Gonsolin Land and Cattle, another one of our AGA certified producers, um, they have a small grass-fed beef ranch in New Iberia, Louisiana, and they're applying for a grant from the USDA to expand their processing plan for value-added products. Uh, rendering tallow, they feel would be a fantastic addition to the business model and would love to collaborate on this. Um, any interest?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's amazing. There's some tallow makers, um, Fat Fatco, I believe, gets their tallow pre-rendered. I think that's really cool. Um, I personally, I kind of like to do it in-house. That's, But even if you're processing as a producer, Amelia, if you're processing tallow and selling it um, and larger jars and things for cooking tallow. I mean, people need cooking tallow and they need AGA certified cooking tallow and they need it to be affordable because if you go to the store and you buy tallow for cooking, it's very expensive. And there's really, I mean, I saw one that came in a plastic bucket at Ace Hardware the other day and it just says um not you know, grass fed tallow. And then I looked at their website and it's like naturally fed towels, and I'm like, what the what does that mean? You know? Um, so people, there is definitely a need for rendered tallow because rendering it is very difficult. Um, I've seen some really cool like rendering equipment where they're like rendering pots, um, where you have a valve at the bottom and then you can have the water underneath where you're separating out kind of all that sludgy stuff that I'm getting off the bottom of my cake. So it's a way to kind of render at an industrial scale. So that would be amazing if somebody, was providing tallow, even if you're not wanting to make skincare with it personally, like you can sell it to other people.
3: Yep. And on that note, the cooking tallow, one of my friends, um, they sell cooking tallow and they sell out every time they post it on their website. And I meant to hit on that earlier with a usage of tallow cooking. Our ancestors did it, you know, not just skincare, but for cooking also.
0: So it looks like, um, so maybe potential partnership in that grant. So it looks like Amelia put her uh, contact information in there. If you guys want to get in contact with her after, maybe hash out somehow this collaboration might work. Um, It'd be great. Really awesome. Uh, another question from Brittany or Natalie. My supplier is putting my tallow in non-vacuum sealed bags. Do you think that's no good?
2: As, okay. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um i would oh yes the non-rendered i would uh just check it what i do with all of my tallow even when it comes vacuum sealed is i allow it to thaw quite a bit before i start cutting and i smell every bag and i break it apart and i smell and if it doesn't have that sweet buttery scent to it if it smells at all like off or rancid it's garbage it is actually really interesting. Once tallow goes bad, it will not render. It will just like, it doesn't, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It just gets all creamy looking. It's very weird, but then you have a hot pot of disgusting fat that you have to now dispose of. So just don't even try to mess with it. Don't try to use it for anything. It's bad. Um, but yeah, just smell it and keep it frozen until you're about to use it. Don't thaw it out for four days and then do it. Like, you gotta be ready to go. Like, thaw it out and while it's still part frozen, start cutting it.
0: Price points for suet, are they fairly stable or you see them different from different places, different producers?
3: Um, let's see. Um, I think mine is a very fair price. Uh, I know... It was a lot cheaper than I was expecting. I was expecting to pay around what a pound of grass fed, grass finished, certified ground beef went for. I thought that would be fair. Um, And I've seen people charging that and they sell out every time. Uh, I don't know if I got lucky with my little farm up the street, but I think anywhere from four to $7 is probably normal. Natalie you work with more farms is that kind of yeah I I don't
2: really I don't haggle with my ranchers whatever they ask is what I give them I feel like I can um you know cover the extra dollar cost or whatever per pound it's not a cheap ingredient for sure I usually especially with shipping shipping is very expensive for me and and yes I usually pay between uh six and seven dollars a pound but then shipping can sometimes double that so shipping is a challenge for sure so and but talking, talking about the rendered tallow. amelia if you uh amelia if you're rendering the tallow it's much more shelf stable and easy to ship once it's been rendered that suet though it will spoil very quickly you have to be really careful with it um but once it's rendered in a tallow it's it's like gold bricks. I mean, it's good for a while. You just keep it frozen and
0: guys, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. Thank you to all of our attendees. Um, Thank you to our speakers for being here. Um, Definitely want to make sure that the speakers have the opportunity to grab the contact information for Jamie and Amelia um, out of the chat. Seems like there's some exciting opportunities. Um, coming forth, and that is what AGA is all about, trying to get get everyone to grow together. Um, So with that, if you guys don't have any last words for our audience members today, and if we have no more questions. Okay, I'm seeing the thank yous come in. It looks like we're done for the day, guys. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, um, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you. Thank you, guys.